Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 64. So, here's what I think kills a lot of novels stone dead. What stops people writing as sure as the sudden encroachment of a swarm of radioactive cockroaches or someone arriving at the front door with free cake. It's what I call, and this is a proprietary term invented by me, so you have to mention me whenever you use it. You have to say Tim Clares. Uh, it's what I call the myth of the one true story. Tim Clare's myth of the one true story. Because when we read books, right, there's only one version of them, right? When you sit down, I mean, I I, I know any, any biblical scholars out there will be uh, uh, arguing about the can canonicity of different ap apocrypha and stuff. Yes, yes, that's true. And yes, there are various old texts that have different versions and the various folios of Shakespeare's play. But for the most part, right, for most of the books we read, there's only one version. They're stable. This word comes after that word. The character does this. They say that. There's an agreed, standardised, canonical version of the novel or indeed of the movie. And when you're writing a novel, because most of our encounters with them aren't of texts being written, but of finished ones, right? You can start to get caught up in the idea that this final stable, unchanging text is what you're working towards. Like it's a holy relic that you, an archaeologist, are slowly uncovering with gentle strokes of a brush. That it might be damaged or uh, adulterated if you hurry or make a mistake. Without realising it, when you start to imagine the finished published book, which is you know a lovely feeling and not an act of arrogance in any way to think, oh, wouldn't it be nice, you know, people reading it and it was printed and it's finished. That's very, very normal and totally fine. But when you start doing that, you can start to feel like you're working towards a destiny that you might squander. That instead of going on an adventure, making delicious choices with the express intent of discovery, exercising your sovereignty, you're actually walking a very thin, very precarious tightrope. That the finished novel is a fixed point you have to reach, the journey towards it a perilous, edging along a narrow promontory. Instead of being a vast territory you explore, your story becomes this brittle, vulnerable thing that might perish unless you conform precisely to the sequence of moves that fate demands. And presented with this weighty responsibility, you might just feel like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not up for it today. You know, like, better to delay than to muck up the uncovering of the future masterpiece. Since there's a, a right plot, a, a right arc for this character to follow, a right way of um, writing this particular sentence, if I press ahead when I'm not at my best and I get one of those things wrong, I'm actually obscuring the thing I'm trying to uncover. I'm actually going backwards. It becomes perfectly rational to procrastinate because you're not trying to have fun, to create, to revel in a plurality of possibilities. You're trying to find the one true story. You might recognise yourself in this. You might have avoided this kind of nonsense till now as well. I don't know which of those sides you fall on or whether sometimes you do it and sometimes you don't. Either way, it's a tendency to be aware of. You don't have to be on guard for it. I'm not asking you to be hyper vigilant, but it's just something to be aware of and to look out for. It's a fallacy, essentially, that will hamper your writing and make you blame yourself for being useless and self-sabotaging. When in fact, if you think of it, 
you know, you are following a policy that makes total sense given your underlying, albeit false, beliefs. In the same way as, like, if you're lost and you don't know where you're going, it makes sense, right, to stop moving and to try and orient yourself and figure out where you're going. Because if you are going in the quote-unquote wrong direction, you are getting further away from your goal and getting more lost, right? That's rational. And if you start thinking of creating a novel with this kind of metaphor of trying to get towards a destination, uh, then stopping writing while you sort of figure out where you are, it makes sense, right? Doesn't It doesn't seem like it's not laziness. It's good policy, except that the metaphor doesn't fit writing. And actually, you get more data by moving about and seeing what territory you're in. And also, there is no single destination. It's up to you. So... You should, I hope you sort of see what I mean here. That like when we we use these kind of rough heuristics of like how, what it means to write a novel, and they can be dangerous because they don't actually fit the experience because nothing really is quite like writing a novel. So look, anyway, today we're going to look at one way you can start to soften that tendency and to slightly shake away that that rule of thumb that is not very helpful when it comes to plotting because this is the thing right whether you're two whether you now are sort of two-thirds through a first draft and trying to give yourself some sense of the shape of the thing you're writing or, or you've no idea what to write about you know you'd quite like to with any sort of plan you don't want to be locking yourself down and crushing the mystery if you plan too rigidly you're just writing yourself a list of chores. Hey, future me, do this, then make this thing happen, then move this person all the way to here. Make it good, though. Then make them be like, oh, wow, I'm having a revelation and developing as a character. And a bad thing happens, and so on and so on. You are not qualified to plan a novel in detail before you've written it, because you've no idea how those scenes play out on the page, if they're alive and gripping, or if they even make sense. On the other hand, if you do zero planning, you know, you're just dumping future you in the forest at midnight with no map, no torch and no supplies, then peeling off in your four by four yelling, enjoy your holiday. Like it might well be exciting for the first hour, but after that, probably you'll feel tired and achy and bored and you won't know where you're supposed to be going and you'll wonder if you're going in circles and then you'll have no idea how far you are from your destination or what your destination even is, right? So... That you know, it, it it's just about striking a balance sometimes, right? So today we're going to embrace the temperate and fertile land between these two extreme regions that I call the realm of possibility. You're, I've been mixing my metaphors to such an extent that you must be uh, wondering what I'm going on about. Um, that's fine. I don't mind that. This is we're in, we're we're in this kind of like nuanced middle zone, and the metaphors here get very gnarly and mixed. So you're going to be writing about your novel, um, either the one that you're genuinely working on outside this course, or one you've always wanted to work on, or even the one you haven't even thought of yet before today. It it doesn't matter, even if you have no intention of writing a novel ever doesn't matter because you're not going to have to write this one we're just going to do a bit of plotting so you're going to cover everything from the characters the setting important scenes right down to the big themes and the title you don't have to do this in any particular order 
um, we're just going to throw some stuff out. And here is the key part, right? So I'm just looking for like a kind of rough plan, some ideas from you. The key part is you're going to start each sentence of this plan with the words, it might, or he might, or she might, or they might. So to give you an example, you might write something like, it might be about a boy who goes looking for his missing dad. He might be about 12. It might be a comedy. You see how that like feels a lot less scary? We can, we can put down some guesses, right? And you can contradict yourself. You know, you can offer different possibilities. She might kill him. She might fall in love with him. There might be a scene where they stand on a cliff at night and toss firebombs down at the rocks. It might be in the second person. We, what I'm not asking for, unlike sort of previous days, is a complete coherent starting here, ending here plot arc. We're just getting some senses, some clues about what could be going on and what might happen in the story. Look, some apparent contradictions might not be mutually exclusive at all. You know, like it might turn out that both of those things are possible. The point here isn't to shackle yourself to some system of laws you had to make up on the fly because I made you do an exercise. What you're doing is just kind of like shining a torch around this system of caves, seeing what kind of shapes thrown up what you might see you're introducing yourself to a new way of holding your ideas your map your compass if you're already deep with a work in progress and you want to do this exercise about that this is your chance to take stock and to soften the edges to challenge what you think that story is about you know whenever i've got stuck or blocked in a story i've had some very rigid ideas about what the story has to be what has to happen next oh, that's not going to work because they're here how do i get them here um and the only way i've ever got past that is by releasing my grip on what i think the story must be and it just gives you a chance to figure out what you think and where you're going. You know, sometimes you, you can use these mites and you come up with some suggestions and you go, I hate that. Well, great, that's starting to give you a sense of what you do and don't like. But you can only get that proper sense when you give yourself the freedom to think in a kind of rangy way. If you're just starting out or you have no plans to write a novel at all, uh, this is more like your montage in the movie where you step out of the changing room at the store in various flamboyant outfits and your friends all pull faces or cover their eyes until you get the perfect look. Uh, except there is no perfect look. I, you know, I really want to not ban the word perfect from your vocabulary, but just uh, not use it when we come to creativity. There's no perfection. There's no perfect. It's just uh, all you're coming up with is think of it more like an inviting lazy Susan laden with dozens of equally delicious, differently flavoured sticky buns and cakes. Right. Enough chatter. Uh, my metaphor, my metaphor wagon, uh, fuel taxi there is it's run out is what I'm saying. I've run out of metaphors. Right, 10 minutes of rough planning. Using this form of just coming out with some ideas uh, in the form of mites. So all the, all the sentences start, it might, or he might, or they might, or whatever. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go.
and you are done. So really what you've done today is practice an extension of the list technique you learned in your first week. And, you know, I, I, I make no apologies for the fact that we've returned to lists. I love them and uh, we need to periodically return to them. But I'm just showing you some different ways that we can apply. I mean, I suppose there lots of things are lists. You can't really get round is one of the basic formats. If you, if you do any sort of like non-sequential series of ideas then that's going to be a list right but like what i'm saying is it's more than just writing out lists that we can actually approach something that seems as kind of like formulaic and rigid as a plot and soften it into a list into this place of possibility as i've said right at the beginning and i just want to hammer this home it is easier to come up with 20 ideas than it is to come up with one because if you come up with 20 ideas you know that 19 of those ideas you can throw away right so any idea you write down you, you you've got a 19 in 20 chance of this not being the the correct idea right that's hugely freeing that's hugely freeing and the bigger you, you make your list the better those numbers get and the freer you are and the freer you are to take risks as well um and to and to piss about and i think uh, all creativity as i've said before is a kind of category error it's a kind of mistake that's what makes it creativity otherwise if it already exists if it's already been filed if it's already been properly categorized it's not creativity if i say fish and chips right that collocation you can go well those two things go together it's not it's not creative to put them together if i say fish and marbles well that's not very interesting but there's a little bit more creativity there if i say uh, fish and wives it, like i don't know why i'm putting these words together but it but it starts to get you know it starts to get more interesting fish and oil barons fish and portals fish and eyeballs i don't know like these things i mean none of those things have to be a thing and i don't know why you would need to come up with a new thing to go with fish but what i'm saying is like this is the basis of creativity is putting things together um and even as i'm doing it right like i'm going am i doing a good job of making collocations with fish doesn't matter right it doesn't it intrinsically doesn't matter but as social species we care about not embarrassing ourselves in front of other people and, and these are kind of restraints that we can break away with with creativity and that's why it's kind of so good for us psychologically as well to go oh it doesn't matter um so look it is hard really it is to to let yourself write stuff knowing that the, the, this isn't the finished piece especially you know when you're especially when actually you've had some success or some attention right you know often you know you're writing something down and it isn't even a version of the finished piece it's just thinking on the page right it's getting a sense of shape and texture figuring out what you think i find that so tricky sometimes because i'm i'm very attached to this identity of a writer I imagine the voices of my agent and editor's comments in my head going, oh, Tim, this doesn't really make sense. You know, it's kind of rough sometimes and I'm smart enough to th see the gap between what's coming out when I write stuff down and what a cool, coherent novel looks like. Or, or the same with nonfiction, right? So any techniques you can use to put a gap between what you're producing in any sort of writing session and the final product to just give yourself some mental clue cues right um that, that can really give yourself back your power as an artist that childlike absorption in creating for its own sake and i think that's really useful and it's a real gift to yourself as well you know i don't we talk about 
the real goal of of writing is like being published and oh look I've, i'm signing books in a queue i've signed books in a queue quite a few times now um it's nice i like meeting people it's it's nice it is not it is several orders of man- magnitude less pleasurable than the experience of writing and creating for its own sake and enjoying that process that's the that's the goal is to let yourself enjoy your writing if you do that you don't have anywhere to go you don't have anything to get to you don't have anything to achieve and there are some best-selling authors who I suspect would give up every accolade they've ever received to be able to get back to that. So, you know, don't don't eat the menu, is what I'm saying. Don't make your goals something not worthwhile. Achieving stuff, it's, it's good to have an income from writing. Look, don't get me wrong, but... Um, the, you know, life is precious and being able to give yourself the gift of of, 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 of free creativity, of loving creativity is, um, ah, oh, it's just so good. It's so good. Oh, wow. Phew. Okay, I hope that was helpful for you. Let's wrap for today while I just make weird ecstatic noises and uh, we can continue to work on some of these ideas tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.